Okay, it's 7.40 at DWS. Dave Gentry with you, local legal expert, the Honorable J. Stephen Beckett with us today. Steve, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's kind of gloomy out there. It is. Let's brighten things up, my goodness. Well, I think we can uh, try to do that around here this morning. I, uh, You uh, cornered me about this when I came in this morning. I did vote yesterday, so. Pretty easy, right? It's not this, bad. This early voting thing is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's really catching on. A lot of people are doing. Yeah, it. so you have to wonder. I think that the people running for office sort of having to recalibrate because you know we talk about an October surprise and uh, the advertising. I think picks up uh, the closer we get to election day, and like sometimes the candidates will will resort to meet to television, visual sure. media. Uh, as they get closer to the the uh, election day, and you wonder whether or not it's money well spent, because so many people are voting early that you know, either have to move you have to move the timeline back into August and September if you want to get your message that, across. That may eventually happen. I I think you know because the percentage of people voting early goes up every election. At it's, least what we're seeing. It's just so easy to do. It is. Down uh, down home where I vote, it happens to be where the early election. Well, I had, you know, I was an election, I was an election judge uh, several times. And I think the first time I, I did it, uh, there wasn't early voting. And so at the poll, there was there were lines, you know, to get people. It was a presidential election, as I recall. But the last presidential election in 16, I was election judge. And I swear from uh, 5.30 to 7 o'clock, which was usually a really rushed time, people trying to get off work and get in and get get it done for the last minute, we just had a handful of voters. We ended up last half an hour or so just sitting around waiting for yeah. 7 o'clock. And, and you really couldn't do anything in terms of your count and turning off machines and everything that you have to do. Um, until the poll actually closes. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out, but it seems to be the percentage seems to be going up every election. So. It does. The uh, the Lincoln hat controversy, I should ask you about that. That's become a real uh, stickler in the uh, well, congressional race. Well, um, I, I, I suppose I should be careful, but, but being direct, uh, I had the fortune or not to be the chair of the Library Museum mm-hmm. Advisory Board. And so I got to see all of the units that were associated with the Library Museum. It was then the Illinois Historical um, Preservation, uh, Pre- Preservation uh, Agency, Agency yeah. I- IHPA. And uh, I wasn't enamored with the structure, and so... I wrote up a piece of legislation. You may remember yeah, this. Yeah, I do. I do remember I wrote this. up a piece of legislation, and uh, fortunately for me, it attracted Speaker Madigan's uh, attention, and he liked it. And as we know in this state, that can make all the difference yeah. in the world. <laughs> it can. Yeah. And uh, so I got, to, I got to testify about it about uh, three or four times, and there were always opponents from the foundation and from the agency. And, the, and I, felt, I just felt that there was – a type of, of good old boy system that pretty much had decided that Lincoln is ours and we're going to do it this way. And I particularly was suspect about the foundation. They were very 
closed-mouthed about the financing. I had to press them to find out about these loans. It was a huge loan, like a $25 million loan, mm-hmm. about how it had been had taken. And, and it was um, the property had been bought. All of the Lincoln artifacts had been bought from the Taper collection. And so there was a woman on the board, the foundation board, whose last name was Taper. Okay. And I said, okay, so the foundation board bought all of this property from a Taper family, and one of them is on the board. This just, this, it felt Seems, unseemly yeah. uh, to me. Uh, and it was, you know, it's huge. It was a $25 million debt and th- that they were paying down on. So then when I heard this thing about the hat, and it's, it's like, well, now wait a minute, there had to be appraisals. But there was no province, this province mm-hmm. or provenance that they that to say, which is uh, an authentication. There was just an article in the paper today about a powder horn that Lincoln carried in the Black Hawk War that eventually wound its way through Jack Armstrong, you know, ex, mm-hmm. ex, et cetera. And, and all of that stuff is interesting. But if you're in the museum business, the authentication is the key. You don't get to represent that it is what it is unless there's proof that it is what it is. So I just find the whole thing troubling. That's when I thought about this hat. I thought this should have been authenticated a while ago, so I don't know what's going on. Like when you paid $6 million for it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a little bit of a problem. This whole uh, basketball situation right now that's going on out east, I know you're going to be on tomorrow to talk about this, so I don't want to steal your thunder, but what's... What gives well, this? Um, it's always been, the money's always been there. And the ways of getting money to players, um, it may be different than it was 30 years ago uh, when we had our case and the, and the false accusations were made about Illinois. Um, so the more things change, the more they, they stay, stay the, the same. same yeah. uh, it appears that this case is about a different way to get money to players. And so you wonder whether or not the underlying problem isn't um, a full-faced recognition that the only way to not have players tempted and their families tempted and having uh, programs using underhanded ways to get the money to them is to create some way where there's um, you know some sort of stipend that helps the players support themselves while they're in school, above and beyond mm-hmm. the typical scholarship that they get. I mean, that's a re- in my view, that's a realistic assessment of the situation. You can talk uh, about uh, amateurism and the beauty uh, of uh, getting the scholarship, uh, et cetera, but as long as there are haves and have-nots, this idea of pay-to-play is going to be out there. And uh, so, I mean, that's... I don't think the theme is going to be much different talking to yeah. Lauren or Steve uh, tomorrow, but I think we'll be talking a little legalese. Okay. Let me ask you this while we're talking legalese. The University of Illinois Law School and the instructor over there, what uh what Well, obviously I know, I know everybody yeah. over there. Uh, I know everybody. And so it is um, um, a between rock and hard place situation. So the administration absolutely – has got to uh, protect their students uh, and make sure the students have uh, an awareness and and uh, choice. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, you've got these. It's a personnel matter, 
starts out as a personnel matter, and it, most personnel matters are confidential. Um, and so, you know, you could have a personnel matter where somebody brought forth an allegation that wasn't true. And I'm not talking specifically about this. I'm just talking in general yeah, right. about the way the world works. Um, and so if the allegation is not true, but you made the allegation public at the very beginning, then you destroy somebody unnecessarily. And so how do you make those choices? And then you add on top of that the Me Too movement that we have going on in the country right now, right. which has us all, I think, reflecting on our values and the way things were and the way things need to change. And it's a pretty ugly mix. And I don't, I don't think it, come, it doesn't come out very well. I don't think anybody's ever going to be satisfied. If you were a, a professor who was wrongly accused, certainly you wouldn't be, be satisfied. But on the other hand, if you were a student and you found out that they said, well, there's some truth to it, then you go, well, wait a minute. Why didn't I know about that? I would never have taken that course. I would never have associated myself with that individual if I had only known. And then the administration uh, you know, didn't didn't tell me. So I don't, again, it's one of those, I don't know that there are clear answers, but there there certainly are yeah. significant issues. One more for you. The Ying Ying Zhang case, should that have a change of venue? Hard uh, hard to say. Um, I'm, aw- I'm aware of the public opinion polling. There, there are su- significant statistics. There have been, you know, obviously the media is, is very, very, very uh, uh, significant. Um, I know that I can just tell you that my clients, the family, uh, feel that they have a unity and a support here in the Champaign-Urbana community. They would much rather that it be in Urbana. It's a it's a judge's call. And, you know, ultimately, the goal is to make sure that a defendant receives a fair trial. Um, I just had the situation in a Bloomington case. I had a hearing on Wednesday about change of venue, very controversial case over there, lots of uh, lots of publicity, and the judge denied it. And, and the judge's reasoning was, um, we'll really know more when we do voir dire, when we pick the jury. Uh, agree with the defense, there's been a lot of publicity. Agree with the defense, there are some preconceived notions out there. The question is, can the voir dire process root out the people who have preconceived notions and still afford the defendant a fair trial. If during the voir dire process it becomes evident that that won't, it's not possible, then we can readdress this issue. Uh, uh, venue could always be changed, you know, at that moment. I have no idea what the federal judge's uh, thoughts were, and I haven't read the read the briefs, but those are issues common. Sure. To, to change a venue motions. All right. Local legal expert Steve Beckett. Steve, thanks for your time this thanks, morning. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Everybody it. should vote. More coming up on DWS.